Welcome to Authors Revealed. I'm Becky Anderson. I am thrilled. We have a debut author here. It's Adam Schmidt with his new middle grade book for middle grade readers. He is a teacher in District 203. He teaches at Madison Junior High. A wonderful book about a boy who has to give a eulogy for a cousin who he didn't get along with. Adam, welcome to Anderson's. Thank you. Thanks this, for having me. This is so exciting to have you here on the launch day, the day this book hits the streets. It's on bookstore shelves everywhere, and we're thrilled to have you here for your debut you. novel for kids, Speechless. So, Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Being a part of an Anderson's event, as every writer in the area knows, that's, that's such a dream. So. Yeah. This is fantastic. Well, I want to tell you, I love Speechless. I love the message. And we have to be careful in the interview, not too many spoilers. Of course. Um, but I love the ending. It was just right. I feel like the Goldilocks or something. But it was just perfect. But um, this book, since it's a launch day, it's official, official day, is out in the world. How does it feel for you? I've had really every range of emotion <laughs> going into it. And I actually feel better today than all of the other days. And... It was March of last year when we first sold the Candlewick, and it, it just seemed so far away. November right. 6th of the following year seemed so far away, and as I've gone along, there have been so many great events like this and like the uh, Children's Lit Breakfast, right. and yeah. so the, the journey's been amazing, and I can't believe how many writers I've met and bookstore owners I've met. Uh, along the way, and it's it's so worth the wait just for all those experiences. Yeah, well, we, we've been waiting, and we, we're so glad it's finally here. But, you know, we, we love to promote our local authors, and when we have someone who's published with such an incredible publisher and a book that we know is going to be one of our forever books, it's going to be on our shelves and book that we can hand sell. Oh, that's great to hear. a lot of readers' Thank hands. you. So this is your debut, and it's already in its second printing. I mean, it's incredible, and it's just hit today. I just so learned that. <laughs> I know, but that's incredible, just incredible for a debut book. And, and we were so happy to see it as an Indies Introduce book, mm -hmm. which is the American Booksellers Association. It's all the independents in the country. Mm -hmm. Chose it as one of the ten books to really look for for kids um, coming this fall. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Because when I see that little symbol of the Indies Introduce, that's a book that I, I need to pay attention to. So we're so happy for you, Thank um, you. about that. Um, so, um, you know, you're known as um, Mr. Schmidt at school because yeah. you're a teacher in yes. District 203 at Madison Junior High. And, um, but then you're a writer uh, as Adam Schmidt. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to know, how does your writer's life work? Being a teacher, that's your day job. And then when do you write? And, and, and how does that look when you sit down to write? It's... It's nice as a teacher because I do get some extended breaks. So I know I can mentally check out of school for a couple of weeks during the holidays yeah, or a right. little bit during the summer. So it's nice to have that. And I think a really good example would be this last summer. That's all I did every day. Right. I would write every day. So what it looks like for me at home, uh, during the week I don't. I, I just don't. I put a lot into... Sure my my job at school and I, I never want to take away from that 
So during the week, I'm, I, I just don't. I'm one of those writers that I'm tired after I write. Yeah. I know a lot of writers, oh, it's relaxing, and I'm so envious of that. I'm not one of those writers that relaxes and I'm so calm. Sure. To me, it's, it's kind of like exercise. Yeah. I want to do it. I know it's good for me, but then I'm pretty spent. So sure. I'd say a typical day for me is I'll go to my local library for about four hours mm -hmm. and then come home and be with my family. Yeah, right. So, you know, your students, you know, mm -hmm. and what, tell us what you teach at, at Madison Junior High. Well, uh, uh, from about 15 years, I taught uh, English, language arts, mm -hmm. social science, a little bit of science. And four years ago, I transitioned into a job where I'm now a learning support coach. Okay. I'm basically right. a teacher's teacher. So okay. when people ask, I still say I'm a teacher because yeah. I still consider myself a teacher and right. I'm in classrooms a lot and I still work with kids and that's one of my goals when I took the job is I, I told my principal that I don't want any student to ever walk past me and say, so who's that guy again? Yeah, right. Every yeah. student knows my name and that's the great thing about my job is I get to work with all kinds sure. of teachers and classes yeah. and kids. So well, it's really now they have a published author helping to teach them. <laughs> and Madison's been fantastic yeah. about it. They so, have been promoting it. They're fantastic. Oh, so great. So how, how do your students feel about that they have a published author and a book they can read? I'm going to find out tomorrow. Okay. I oh, had cool. I had yeah. a training today, so I wasn't even at school today. Yeah. But uh, yesterday I went in and we pre-sold books. And so I, I went in after school and I wrote a little note in all 35 copies that were sold. And... I got a lot of emails today saying the kids were really excited yeah. and uh, some people that I didn't realize I was connected to were texting me the notes I wrote to the kids saying, this is for my niece, I'm not sure if you knew she went to your school and yeah. it, that was that was pretty cool to see. You know, I have one of our employees out with our, our wholesale company, you had her son in school and she was so excited oh, yeah? to see the book. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, so how, how are your, your teacher colleagues, how are they feeling about that? Wow. One of our own is now a published author. They're, they've been great. Yeah. I, I can't walk past anybody. You excited? You excited? Yeah. I can't wait to read it. And yeah. I got a lot of texts today. I got my yeah. hands on it. I, I'll be there tonight. Uh, so they're oh, they're very great. excited. That's wonderful. So so tell us where the seeds for this story began to grow. Tell us how the idea came to you and how you know you sort of flushed it out. And I guess the question I should always ask is: any of this story and 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 the the kids in this book are they based on? some of your students, some of the situations you may have seen at school. Sure. Uh, none of the characters in here are this person right. that I knew. Yeah. None of them are. Um, as a teacher, you see a lot, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes you see kids that you're not sure how to help, and you know they're, they're looking for something, and you know they're calling out for something, and they call out in different ways, and mm -hmm. every teacher will tell you stories like that. So what's nice about having been in a middle school for so long is there's there's so many stories and one of the reasons I wrote this is I think a lot of kids have a story and they don't get to tell it and I I remember uh, this is about five years ago is when I started it mm -hmm. I'd wanted to write a book and I had this strange time in my life where I had several wakes in a row and they were all very different mm -hmm. and I remember one was for a former student, one was for somebody who took their life, and one was students I currently had whose mother passed. All of them were so unique. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I, I remember being an adult and not knowing how to act. And I remember being yeah. very out of place and unsure of the different emotions I saw in each one of them. And so many of them, uh, I, I, I for years thought I'd walk into a wake and everyone would be sad. And that's, and that's everyone would just be sad. And, yeah. and it was easier when that was the case, right. or if that's the case, yeah. because you can just be sad, you can just be one emotion. Mm-hmm. And I had these experiences where everyone I interacted with was experiencing a different emotion. Right. And it was so hard for me to process. And what was tough was seeing so many of my students at these. Yeah. And it just made me think, you know, that's, that's a part of life. It doesn't wait for yeah. when you're ready to yeah. deal with it. And seeing all these kids, how they dealt with, how confused uh, I'm, I'm sure they were. Right. And I wanted to write a story to let them know they weren't alone. Right. And I think, you know, wakes are hard for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even the families and the loved ones involved, but those. And, and being a, a, you know, and Jimmy in the book is only 13 years old, and this is the first time he's ever been to one, and this is his cousin. And, y- you know, you really caught it well. Because Thank you. I think I think all of us, if we're, we've, we've been children when we've gone to a wake, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's an experience that you, you don't know how to traverse it. Mm-hmm. You know. So the protagonist in this, you know, Jimmy, um, is, you know, he's, he's in a predicament because with his cousin's death, Patrick's death, um, there's a lot of mixed emotions for him. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that, you know, he's the cousin that ruined almost everything in his life, whether they're family gatherings at school, you know, fun things like even his own birthday. I mean, there's just so many scenes you put in this where Patrick just was the kind of person who would in Jimmy's mind would just ruin everything. And now his his mom, especially, his parents want him to speak at the funeral the day after the wake. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's just, just so interesting to see the playing of the parents. I love the parents, both sets of parents in this book. I love their characters. And, um, but tell us a little bit about this predicament that Jimmy has put him, he's in now, and he doesn't mm-hmm. know what to say. He does feel speechless. He doesn't know what to say because he knows anything he's going to say won't be kind. Mm-hmm. And if he does say something that is kind, it won't be the truth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah. Uh, uh, at the end, he knows he has to say something, though. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's his in, internal conflict. And I, I wanted to represent a character who wishes he could just be grieving and and I think there, there's a, a lot of literature out there about grieving right. and about loss yeah. and I wanted to represent how sometimes it comes with these other forms of baggage that the parents don't even know right. how to handle it right. and I I like the the idea of a wake because to me it's the perfect storm where I know this sounds strange, but I, I wrote the wake fashioned after the Department of Motor Vehicles because my philosophy is no matter who you are, you have to go to the DMV. No matter who you are. <laughs> and every time you go to the DMV, there's characters. That's oh, for sure. That's yeah. people watching Yeah, yeah. because everyone's got to go. Yeah. And I thought that's kind of like a wake, that mm-hmm. all walks of life have to go. And when you see the family dynamics and interactions of the personalities and how different people grieve mm-hmm. and how different people respond to family and yeah. I wanted to put Jimmy in the epicenter of 
an environment he didn't know, with dynamics he didn't know. The only thing he knew was, at the end of tomorrow, I've got to yeah. do a public yeah. thing. Yeah. And he doesn't like to public speak, even though he's done some great stuff in class, mm -hmm. you know. And he did a, I guess, he did a great speech on the Iliad. He did well yeah. with that. He scored well. But so now, now here he is. But now this is a completely different scene for him. And I love the way that you put it. He's avoiding everything that's going. He's trying to escape mm -hmm. in different ways. But the way you set up the book with the twelve different steps. And, and what's so wonderful is you see this journey in the course of one day through this wake. You see Jimmy understanding things, mm -hmm. all these different things. And I love the way you put that together. And that's basically the 12 chapters within the book. And I Thank love you. that you, you, you sort of tell something that's going on at the wake, and he's learning something. But then you'll tell a story from the past. So mm -hmm. he's, he's going back in his mind, thinking about all these, recollecting all these memories with Patrick. Mm -hmm. And most of them were ruinous type of events mm -hmm. <laughs> for Jimmy. So the 12 numbered items, how did you come up with those 12 different chapters and, and what he's experiencing at the wake, but also going back in his mind about this cousin who he doesn't know what to say? The, the chapter list came before the chapters and I wrote it prior to the story as if a 13 year old was going to a wake mm -hmm. and they didn't have time to read it what would be Jimmy's advice to them? Right. That would be the harsh reality. Just be prepared. Maybe it won't happen, but this might happen if you go to a wake. So I wrote it as yeah. Jimmy to the reader. Right. This might happen, this might happen, this might happen. Yeah. And th th any perspective of, of you going to the wakes or going to anything as a child yourself that you kind of put into the, uh, those 12 you know, steps of trying to get through in this type of thing? A lot of it came from my Those, adult years. Yeah. I, as, as a child, the wakes I went to were the normal grandpa mm -hmm. died, mm -hmm. celebrate life, everyone's sad, we have a party after, see relatives. Um, I, I do remember when I was younger, like I said, you, you're supposed to be sad, but so many people are happy. And, and it is. Right. A happy event to see family you normally wouldn't see, to see friends you normally wouldn't see, and the support you have. And I, I still remember every wake I've been to. There's always little kids running around. Yeah. Every yeah. time, there's yeah. always little kids running around and stealing food, and and that's that's the good stuff. Yeah. And it was so great with Patrick's sister looking for the cookies. Yeah, yes. That was so great. Yes. Um, but I think the, one of the biggest lessons that I loved about this book is that. It's a, it's a lesson that maybe a lot of times we don't listen because there's so much other noise out there or we perceive somebody as different. Or maybe, you know, we think of people that are too quiet and we don't get to, get to know them, what's inside. But for Patrick, um, I think that's the biggest lesson that Jimmy learns is mm -hmm. that we all need to listen mm -hmm. no matter who that other person is. And um, I thought that was great because we need to we need to judge people more than like book. Don't ju judge it by its cover. Even though I love the cover on this book, I but do too. I love it. <laughs> but it's such a great lesson that we we all need to listen better. Yeah, yeah. I I really that's definitely something that comes from my teaching. That yeah, I, I made a point in all of my classes to bring out the quiet kids, and I, I never you know wrote down this plan, but I. Every year, I would, I would try to make heroes out of the quiet kids. Yeah. You know who they're going to be, and after a week, if they're quiet, they're pretty much going to stay quiet, unless you can tease it out of them. Right. 
and and it's it's very careful because quiet kids are typically shy but I, I really pride myself on over the years there's a lot of kids I can think about that became kind of classroom heroes yeah, and wonderful. and they were the quiet kids yeah. You know, it's funny, there's um, Rafe Esquith who wrote Teaching With My Hair on Fire. Mm -hmm. And he was here once and talked about, you know, he doesn't pay attention to the ones that are going to excel, that are always have their hands up, that are always participating, and those ones that are always misbehaving. It's those ones in the middle that mm -hmm. stay quiet mm -hmm. and don't. Those are the ones that need to have that attention paid to. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so interesting. Um, you know, Patrick, you know, seemed to have emotional and behavioral problems. Um, and, but, or any of the situations that he does, because it's so interesting, he, he does all this behavior, but the scene with his sister mm -hmm. and her stuffed animal and how he would, mm -hmm. it was so tender. Thank you. That's so wonderful. I love that scene. And I, I, I just wonder about the, um, how people look at people with those types of issues. Mm -hmm. And again, we're judging by a cover and not getting to understand. Yeah, and I, I wanted to depict this from Jimmy, who's 13 and has not been educated in anything involving mental health or self-care. And so this is his perspective. So he doesn't hear terminology. He doesn't right. hear about yeah. medication. He doesn't hear therapy. He doesn't hear any of this. So he doesn't know. Right. He just thinks, I, I, I want to put distance between my cousin because he ruins things. He ruins it. Yeah. And Patrick is someone I wanted to depict. I, I did not want to depict him as a, a cookie-cutter diagnosis. Right. right. And that's something that I, I think... I. I've seen over the years and that the kids I've had who've experienced something with mental health, there's not a one-stop shop that if there's a diagnosis of depression, then it typically comes with anxiety and oh, sure. it's not yeah. a perfect level of each yeah. and the list goes on, but there's a recipe for every individual and that's what I wanted to depict with Patrick, that there wasn't a clear cut, oh, this is, this is a label. Right, yeah. And I like that about the book because you, you didn't do that with any of the characters looking at Patrick in that way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this, the humor in the book was great. It was just the right amount. And because you, you have so many emotions in this book. You have sadness and you have anxiety and you have, you know, there's a, there's a family secret in the book. I'm, no spoilers. Mm -hmm. um, but there's certain things within the book that just make you tense, anxiety-ridden, you're sad, you're frustrated, but all these emotions, and um, it was it was just great to, to see that, but the humor, and Jimmy has a great sense of humor, mm -hmm. and I just wondered, how did you channel your teen self, your 13-year-old self, or is it, some of the humor, did you pick that up from students, or just sort of a, a composite of those types of things? I've definitely had funny kids over the years yeah. that oh, yeah. that have that dry humor yeah. and they're just so sharp and mm -hmm. they are just so fun to have in class and those are the kids that when they are next to Patrick's they can make it work they can use their okay. humor to make it work yeah. and that's what I wanted with Jimmy is that that's what that's how he gets through things and he's had to learn when he is with Patrick He's got his own coping mechanisms. Right. And the same with his parents. He uses his humor, oh, yeah. and 
he he doesn't know how else, how else to respond. He doesn't know how else to communicate. Right, right. So he's and that was apparent from the beginning of the book when they first arrive at the funeral home, and he's just joking even with the un undertakers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was so interesting. <laughs> or no, the embalmers. Yes, the embalmers. Right? Yes. Embalmers. It was so funny. Um, I was wondering, did you test this book out, reading a little bit of your writing to your, any of your students to see their reaction to? The book? No. Okay. I didn't. Um, yeah, I, I, I was very careful to keep a boundary of my teacher-writer role. I did test it with uh, a few people as sensitivity readers. Mm -hmm. I did test it uh, with an old friend who's a, got a bipolar diagnosis, and I had her read a couple of scenes. Yeah. So let me know, is this accurate? Do you feel this is yeah. depicted respectfully? I also sent it out to uh, members of the deaf community and had them yeah, read a couple of the right. scenes. Yeah. Um, but that was the extent. I, I didn't give it to students, and I, I really wanted to. I really, yeah. it was very tempting, but I, I really want to keep that yeah. That boundary, or at the time. Yeah, but, but tomorrow you can do something. Tomorrow we're talking <laughs> it up. You better believe right. it. And I did love Sophie and how you handled her deafness. I thought that was really wonderful. In the book. Thank you. Um, so tell us the journey for you. Sure. Of, in, to get the book published, you know, all the things you go to from an agent to, mm -hmm. you know, did you help with the cover? Did you have first refusal or, you know, rejection on the cover? And from an agent and how the agent puts that book out there to publishers and, and. Was it the experience you thought it was going to be, or was there something that surprised you about the whole process? I think everything surprised me. Yeah. The biggest yeah. surprise is patience. Yeah, sure. I had no idea how much patience is required in the publishing industry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I met my agent at a conference, and it was kind of a speed dating thing where you sign right. up and you pay extra and you get 10 minutes with an agent. And sure. My agent, Marcy Posner, I, I still I love the first time I met her and, and sat down and I... You know, it's like an interview, and I'm, I'm ready to go. And and she said, "Hold on, uh, tell me about you, because I got to know if I like you first, and then we'll talk about your book." And that's very telling. Yeah. Very telling, which yeah. I, I totally respected. Right. And so I had ten minutes, and after eight, she said, "Okay, tell me about your book." So so then I was in. But uh, even after that first meeting, sent her full draft. We went back and forth on revisions before she offered representation, yeah. and then once we were ready to go. Then we went through a couple more revisions. We get a series of rejections, a couple more, and then Candlewick yeah. uh, last March. Well, what did surprise me is the work that goes in after you sell it. I, I not knowing the publishing industry, thought yeah. you sell the book and then you just wait for yeah, your book right. birthday. And I didn't realize it was nine months of editing Right. And I'm so appreciative of it because it's so much better as a result of that. Yeah. And oh, then a series of editors, and then I would every couple of weeks get an email like, yeah. here's the cover, what do you think? And yeah. I, I loved it right away. Right. No, I think the, it's wonderful because I love the way in the book he does rip off something from mm -hmm. a scratch, scrapbook of Patrick's art to use to write some things on about his speech. And even so the, the, yeah. the, the details of you know his little. Pants. Oh, the pants problem. Oh, that was a riot. Being a little tight. Oh, yeah, I know. I great. love the detail yeah. of it. Yeah. So tell us, what, what's your first re recollection? I, you know, being teaching English, and but what is your first recollection of maybe wanting to be a writer? How, how old were you? Fifth grade. Ah, okay. Fifth grade. And do you remember what you wrote that, you know? 
Yeah, we had, I, I was in a new school, and we had a young authors contest. Okay. And it was, it was probably bigger than my school. It's, they made it sound that way anyway. Right. And everyone wrote about their, the day they got their puppy or being scared on Space Mountain. And I wrote about a kid who received his drug dealer's neighbor's mail by accident and it was full of cocaine, and the I, the story was called Junk Mail. And my fifth grade counterparts did not love it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a little different, yeah. probably went a little too far off the beaten path, yeah. but I remember I really enjoyed writing it, and I yeah. thought, oh, this is yeah. an original story, yeah, and very... no one else is gonna have this, and it didn't go well with the fifth grade crowd. I didn't yeah. win, so. <laughs> So that that, yeah. that was what I remembered really liking yeah. it, and then, and the book that won, I still remember, was um, about an overweight kid that they called Chubby, and the, the boys who wrote it were like making fun of the kid actually, yeah. Yeah. and they won. So it was a good life lesson too of yeah. kind of yeah. how things work. And so fifth grade. Yeah, okay. fifth grade. All right. Um, so what what do you hope readers are going to take away from reading Speechless? I mean, adults as well as kids. Yeah, I, I really hope adults take something yeah. away from it too. Yeah. I, I would love it if somebody at some point said, you know, my family had a conversation after reading your book. Yeah. And I'm not sure what that conversation would be, but... It could take a lot of different directions, I think. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's one thing I wanted to, to do in this book was depict how a lot of what the kids are dealing with is because the adults weren't dealing with their own... Yeah. stuff and I, I think it would be something if people did walk away with maybe a different perspective on somebody right. I think some of the characters are going to resonate with people and if they did say oh, maybe I maybe I should change the way I right. look at this person sure. or exactly. or maybe I should ask the quiet kid yeah. what they think that can make a big difference in lots of different ways. So what are you working on now? Because I'm assuming your, your weekend writing yes. is, and summer writing is, is continuing. So can you give us a hint? Sure. I'm, okay. I'm working on uh, speculative fiction, okay. uh, a little bit different route. Okay. It's middle grade again. Okay. But it's basically a young man who's discovering he has a gift and he's not sure what to do with it or where to go for answers on how oh, to use it. Sounds interesting. Thank you. We have to promise to do your launch with us when it comes out. You've got a guarantee. <laughs> I would love okay. to be here again. Okay, Adam, I end these interviews with a little quiz. It's a lightning round. Okay. And it's all about you as a writer who reads. Okay. So, whatever comes to first. So, it's, it's really fast. Okay, what was your favorite book as a child? Where the Wild Things Are. Okay, how about high school? Something that stayed with you. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest by Ken Casey. Okay. And anything in college that you read that is still still with you? Things Fall Apart. Ooh, yeah. Okay. What book have you really enjoyed using with students? Lord of the Flies. That's by far my favorite book to teach. Yeah, that's a great one to teach. Okay. Have you ever faked reading a book? Oh, so faked reading so a book. That's hard to say to an English teacher. Yes. <laughs> but you can say it, because we've all done it. I, I have when <laughs> when they've been, like, on the professional realm, yeah. like, education books. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes 
they don't stick with me. Yeah, I can understand that. Okay, how about any book you've read in your entire life that you've been an evangelist for that you could not tell enough people they had to read it? Oh, I think the last book I really promoted was Bone Gap. Oh, yeah. I, I really that that was a that was a book that you hear the synopsis and think uh, I don't know how that's going to work, and then you read yeah. it. And, Oh, that works so well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well done. That's a good one. Okay, um, if you could have a dinner with yourself and three other authors, alive or dead, who would those three authors be? Uh, I'd, I'd pick Laura Ruby out of that. Yeah, Laura Ruby's. Well, she's done Middle Grade in Hawaii and Bone, Bone Gap won the Prince. Yeah. Or no, the National Book Award. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, okay, her. Laura Ruby, and she's fun, so. I'd say Stephen King. Okay. Because on writing... Is, oh, writing is the best. It, for for just that book, yeah. uh, for that book alone, and that would be the the book I'd want to talk about with him is yeah. on right. I absolutely. Okay, so Laura Ruby, Stephen King, and I love that one. And uh, the third person would be. Um, well, that's a great question. Maybe Faulkner. I used Ooh, to read a lot now of Faulkner that's an in interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. A great conversation with Adam Schmidt. He teaches at Madison Junior High. This is his debut novel. We're so thrilled for him. It's called Speechless, a fantastic middle grade novel for kids about a boy who has to give a eulogy when his cousin dies, a cousin he didn't get along with very well. A wonderful message, a great story. You've got to read it. Thanks for joining me on Authors Revealed.